Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to A to Z Sports Powered as always. By the BetMGM app, I'm Austin Stanley. He is Sam Phelan, our Titans reporter for A2ZSports.com, and we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live weekday mornings at 8-ish a.m. Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Links to the show segment by segment on our Twitter X timeline. Also, hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, and Threads for more great Titans content. Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us, and they help out all of you, like Wilson County Hyundai. Make them a part of your new car buying process by seeing them in Lebanon or online at wilsoncountyhyundai.com, the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care, and Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans, fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z. Krebs Kubota, an elite Kubota dealer with three great locations across the mid-state, Columbia, Franklin, and in Murfreesboro. They are online at krebskubota.com. So, Sam, Senior Bowl week overall, a success for you guys because we had – Six of y'all in an Airbnb in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, I, I I heard no bad stories that came out of it yet. Uh, so overall, everything smooth, everything good down there at Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, I think it turned out to be a productive week. I was a little skeptical when we first got down there. That first day, I was about halfway into the first practice. I was feeling a little bit sunburned. The practice, what they were not doing anything at practice. I think I looked over at uh, Destin Adams and said, hey, confirmed. Not a senior bowl guy. 24 hours later, my tune had shifted dramatically because I had gotten a much better view of practice and I was able to actually enjoy and get some production out of practice being down on the field level from the senior bowl uh, and, and gathered some good information. So I think overall, it turned out to be a very productive week for everybody involved. Uh, I feel very much more. Uh, more familiar with the draft prospects that are getting ready to come out in this next year's class, which is the overall goal of being down at the Senior Bowl. And I think we got some good content out of it, too. So I would give it a big resounding thumbs up uh, and just an overall productive, positive experience. Yeah, and and excited about what we're going to have coming out of that with our foundation for our draft coverage being set by our team down there in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. So, Sam, it's been the conversation ever since we started talking about draft order watch for the Titans of you have to get a left tackle in the first round of the NFL draft, whether they're picking fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth, we know they're picking seventh, but offensive line, Joe Alt, Joe Alt, Joe Alt, Joe Alt has been the conversation for the last two months, maybe even longer than that, two and a half months, almost three months for some people talking about Joe Alt from Notre Dame becoming the Titans next great left tackle potentially, or hopefully, but What happened down there on the practice field that makes you think that that's not completely uh, the only decision the Titans can make at number seven overall is that left tackle? Well, yeah, I think I look at two things, and it's two different position groups and not just the the top-tier talent at two position groups, those being offensive tackle and wide receiver, but you really have to look at 
what the depth in the draft class looks like uh, and what you have potentially there for you at 39 overall or what you could have for you in the fourth round or there in the third round that you could trade back into the third round to maybe go and get. Um, the Titans, I think those are the two obvious needs, right? They like they need to add to the offensive line, and I think they need to add to a wide receiver. You could add DB to the wish list. You could add defensive line to the wish list. There's a number of things that you could say, hey, this fills a need. And should there be a player that excels that falls to them somewhere on the draft board, I, I wouldn't hesitate to necessarily take it. But I think in the mind of every Titans fan, You'd like to come away from those first two picks having found a solution uh, to at least one offensive line spot and hopefully added a receiver to your group. And so what I noticed being down there, quite frankly, is that there is just depth at the offensive line position that I don't believe exists at wide receiver. I, I, I mean, I'm looking at the consensus big board right now, Austin, and I look at wide receiver, you've got Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze. After that, it goes Brian Thomas Jr., Keon Coleman, who I think has fallen down a lot of draft boards recently, Adonai Mitchell out of Texas, Troy Franklin mm -hmm. out of Oregon. Uh, the guys that were down at the Senior Bowl, like Lad McConkie and Xavier Leggett and Devontez Walker and Ricky Pearsall, these day two receivers, I didn't find any of them all that impressive. I thought Roman Wilson was good, and he was – just about the only good wide receiver there. <laughs> like, to be honest with you, I think Lad McConkie was as advertised, not special to me. Uh, I think Brendan Rice has uh, a lot of physical ability to be a threat that you can get in the later rounds and put opposite of DeAndre Hopkins and have as a red zone threat, but I'm not convinced he can run a complete route tree or has the speed to separate. And I started growing concerned with what the Titans wide receiver options would be if they don't take one at seven overall. <clears throat> and I think there's more options at offensive tackle. I mean, I'm falling in love standing out there watching the offensive tackle 10 in the draft class. And I'm just impressed with him. And I think he fits a lot of their needs. And I think you can mold and work with somebody like that more than you can the wide receiver 10. I started thinking, well, would it be the worst thing in the world if you just took a receiver or took a weapon at seven overall and decided to sit there and, and take a depth offensive lineman that you can develop at 39? And then I started to sit there again and think a little bit more about the fact that you have Bill Callahan as your offensive line coach, somebody who you finally feel confident can develop offensive line talent. And then I realized you have Brian Callahan as your head coach, somebody that was the offensive coordinator in Cincinnati when they looked at Penny Sewell and said, I'm okay, we're going to take Jamar Chase. And I started to feel like this is an opportunity for the Titans to kill two birds with one stone by drafting one of the top receivers at seven and finding one of these good offensive line talents that might be raw, but is able to be developed at 39. Mm. Okay. So what you're telling me is that you can get a starter on the offensive line a lot later than you can get a starter and a quality player, like quality starter, starter on the yes. O-line later than a quality starter at wide receiver. Yes, starter is all relative to me here a little sure. bit because I think you can get a 
I think you can get a left tackle with a ceiling to be an elite left tackle, but like that you can at least work on to be a a starting caliber left tackle and a solid left tackle in the National Football League. I think at best, if you're going for some of these day two wide receivers, you're going to get a role player within a system uh, that can be just that, like a secondary or a second or third option in your offense. But if you take one of these top guys, and it's why Jody here comments trade back, then you don't trade back. Because if you trade back, you're not getting one of these elite wide receivers. You might not get one anyway. There is a world where Roma Dunze, Malik Neighbors, and Marvin Harrison Jr. all go off the board in the first six picks. And if that, that happens, would be insane, though, right? Three quarterbacks, three receivers seems to be a popular thought uh, right now that it, that that's how it might play out. And then the Titans are left with offensive tackle one in Joe Alt. If that happens, your decisions kind of made for you. But if you're left with like an opportunity to take Roma Dunze or Malik neighbors, two guys, I think are difference makers. I think there's three wide receiver ones in this class. Uh, and so I like Adonai Mitchell, but I think the drop off is pretty significant. I, why not try and do both? Now, he, Charles brings up Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers is the guy that you hope can slide up uh, and and be drafted in that top six to push somebody down he, toward. But I don't. That's so I think high. Bowers might not go in the top ten. Uh, it, tight ends Which are is weird. crazy. I mean, they, tight ends are weird. Like you see, guys like last year where Dalton Kincaid is probably supposed to go in the top 15 and then he's still sitting there at 25 and you're just kind of waiting for the right team with the right fit and the right circumstances where they feel like they can go take a tight end. Uh, I'm not sure any teams are chomping at the bit to grab a tight end over a wide receiver. If you're looking to add a pass catching weapon and I'm not sure anybody's looking to add like, if, and then if you have a need on defense or a need on the offensive line, right? Drafting Brock Bowers doesn't exactly solve your problems any. So could be a weird fit. Um, and then there's teams that like already have tight ends and, and unless you're just going to run two tight end sets all the time and you don't care about having one as an inline blocker, then I, yeah, maybe that's the good fit for you, but. All right. So here's, I, I'm all, I have tankathon pulled up, which is how we've been tracking the, the draft or this entire season, but I've got the tankathon mock draft. Uh, that was updated after the AFC Championship game, I don't, NFC Championship game. I don't know if it's been updated post Senior Bowl or not. I don't necessarily think that matters completely. But the uh, the mock draft they have is Caleb Williams one, Drake May two, Jaden Daniels three. One, two, three. Chicago, Washington. And I don't Wingers. believe Jaden Daniels is going to go three. By the way, uh, I I've been feeling this way for quite some time, but I think he's a guy that gets to the combine and weasels his way into being quarterback two. Oh, so you think, okay. So you think Williams, Daniels, May. Okay. So that's another conversation, but regardless, the top three picks are quarterbacks at four. The Cardinals go Marvin Harrison jr. At five, the chargers go Brock Bowers at six. The giants go Malik neighbors, the LSU wide receiver who's on the graphic today. And the Titans are at seven. And I think this is the opportunity where you're sitting there going, okay, no neighbors. MHJ is gone. So you basically have Joe Alt or Fashanu or the other tackle. Yeah, look at the picks right after the Titans, too. Read those off. 8, 9, and 10 real quick. Uh, 8, 9, and 10 are Dallas Turner, Roma Dunze, and Ola Fashanu. Teams. teams. Oh, sorry. Uh, It's the 
Falcons, Bears, Jets, Vikings. So Falcons, Fal- Bears, Jets, Falcons. Falcons and Bears are not going to be in the market to take a tight end, which is why I find the Brock Bowers draft stock interesting because at five, the Chargers are the team that is continuously linked to Brock Bowers right there at five. But they could very easily just go with one of the receivers and try and add an offensive weapon that way. And if they do that, I think the Giants pivot to wide receiver B of those two options. The Titans are left with the tackle. I don't think Bowers goes to Atlanta or Chicago. And so now you're starting to see a Brock Bowers slide. It's why his stock is so interesting to me, uh, because I think he has top five potential. And then I could also see a world where he slides out of the top 10. All right. And the, the chargers also took a first round wide receiver last year. He didn't exactly live up to a hype, but yeah. still it would be interesting if the chargers went and doubled down on that position where well, they do have some depth at the wide receiver position anyway. So, all right, Sam, let's go ahead and get to our, our main question today, because this is interesting. So Sam has just laid out his senior bowl observations that he thinks the offensive line depth way, way overshadows any type of wide receiver depth. And so that could open up an opportunity for the Titans to go wide receiver at seven instead of left tackle at seven. So our question to you guys, what position do you want the Titans to take with a seventh overall draft pick? What position do you want the Titans to take with that seventh overall draft pick? This is going to be fascinating to see what everybody has here. This is our first time to do this uh, air check, right? Lick the finger, see where the wind's blowing on wide receiver versus left tackle uh, here at seven overall. But first, Krebs Kubota should be the only place you look when it comes to your equipment needs. Hey, it was about 65 degrees a couple days uh, late this weekend. Now, and that means we're getting closer to spring. Punxsutawney Phil said no shadow, which means spring's coming sooner, which means those outdoor projects are just around the corner and Krebs Kubota is where you should go for all of your equipment needs. KrebsKubota.com. They are an elite Kubota dealer with three great locations across the mid-state, Columbia, Murfreesboro, and in Franklin. Why are they an elite Kubota dealer? It's because of the relationship they have with the national Kubota brand and the national Kubota dealership, which gives you the best equipment in the industry, also has the best warranties in the industry with the best customer service you can find across the mid-state with the Kubota family name and the Krebs family name right there. Krebs Kubota, 18 years running in the mid-state. They've grown from just Columbia to also adding the Franklin and Murfreesboro locations over the last several years as well. Online for all of your equipment needs, KrebsKubota.com. Today's show is powered by BetMGM. BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports when you sign up with BetMGM. The big game's coming up next week. Uh, If you want to get in on the action and uh, maybe you're picking the Kansas City Chiefs, maybe you're riding with the Niners, do all of your betting on the king of sportsbooks. When you use the bonus code ATOZ Sports, you can get up to $1,500 back into your account in the form of a bonus bet if your first bet doesn't win. So make that first bet on the big game. And even if you lose, it's going back into your account. A second chance to win big. That's the best way to do sports betting Use BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, and BetMGM.com for all of your picks this coming weekend. All right, so Sam took us through his Senior Bowl observations. uh, Deep offensive line unit, top-heavy wide receiver group with really the top three dudes, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, Malik Neighbors, and Roma Dunze. And then after that, a drop-off. 
So, look, the Titans could easily go left tackle round one, wide receiver round two. But, hey, the door might be open with the emerging O-line depth to go wide receiver round one, offensive line round two. So we ask you guys, what position do you want the Titans to take with that seventh overall draft pick? Sam, I'll send you the chat on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And we're also lacking in the like department this morning. Uh, more likes, more likes, more likes. We need more likes. So many people are watching the show that haven't hit the like button yet. So uh, we need more likes. I, I do see this. Brandon says the, the Titans need more picks. Yeah, the Titans need more picks like A to Z needs more likes on the show. So, Sam, uh, I will send you to the chat. What are people saying on the position they want the Titans to go with at seventh overall? Major Keys wants a wide receiver. Jay wants a receiver. David wants a receiver. Ashley, Michael, Billy Jones, Kenneth, and Adam are all wanting an offensive tackle. So is Demario. So is Clayton. So is Big G. Uh, I've got left tackle from Hello Ladies and from Brock. Daquan wants the receiver. So does tighten up Tony, George Dexter, and Marcus Walker. Curtis is on a receiver. Connor, hashtag Q. Darius has his eyes on Joe Alt, the left tackle out of Notre Dame. Taylor has left tackle. So does Yuri. So does Scott. So does Jason. Jake says Malik Neighbors is the best option at receiver. That's where Rashid is looking as well. Kayan says wide receiver, tighten up, sets offensive tackle. Deshaun wide receiver, Clement wide receiver, neighbors or a tackle. You didn't answer the question, Brandon. Left tackle yeah. from Damon. <laughs> uh, wide receiver from Andrew, left tackle from Preston. Nate's burner wants a left tackle. Austin, this feels very split from the yeah. chat here, which I suppose could be expected. Wide receiver or left tackle, that is the question. Where are you, Austin? All right. Look, I love myself a good wide receiver. I, I love to I love the sex appeal that a first round wide receiver does for the offseason from the content machine that is A to Z sports. That would be incredible. But don't fall into that temptation. Because that's what it is. It's a temptation. It's this shiny toy, the super fast car. But man, you can't even take the kids to school safely because your minivan's broken down. But you've got this two-seat like Lamborghini in the garage. But you've got like four kids and you can't fit them in the Lamborghini. So, you know, you got to take the kids to school. You have to be safe. You have to resist the temptation. And you have to go to the offensive lineman. Now, Curtis says the kids can walk to school. Uh, no, you're too far away. You're Yeah, you're not that close. <laughs> the kids can't walk to school in this situation. The school bus driver, you can't trust him. Maybe he's like one of my school bus drivers I had as a kid. Can't trust the guy. Don't do it. But I really think you can't overlook the importance of the left tackle of the future. And I understand easy, easy is the Cincinnati decision with Jamar Chase over Pinay Sewell. And Brian Callahan was literally in the room when that decision was made. But the Bengals also had a second-round wide receiver in the 30s of T. Higgins that worked out pretty damn good, too. And then you look over at Detroit and what they're doing, and Pinay Sewell's a freaking beast. Like, Pinay Sewell is locked down. The Detroit Lions have Jared Goff and a bunch of guys that are, are you know, kind of like flirting on no-name receivers. Uh, St. Brown is a beast, right? He was a fourth-round pick. The Titans took Des Fitzpatrick instead of Amon Ross St. Brown, which is ridiculous. But he's a fourth-round pick still. Josh Reynolds is, is a veteran float-around-the-league guy. 
Uh, we know what Cleve Raymond is, and you know that's basically what they have. Now they've got a really good tight end and Sam Laporta, who is not a first round pick either. But look at the Detroit Lions offensive line. Look at the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. They are homegrown offensive linemen that have been the best offensive line in the, in the league the last two years. And if you can get Joe Alt at seven overall, you can't pass that up because now you're building that foundation. You're setting up everything else around for Will Levis to have better success because he's got two first round talents, potentially two top linemen in their respective drafts in back-to-back drafts on Will Levis's blind side in Joe Alt and Peter Skaronsky. I think it's too smart of a decision to pass up. Wide receivers, I think Brian Callahan can find wide receivers in the middle of the draft, unlike the previous regime was able to do. Because he's an offensive-minded guy who can scheme open some wide receivers that might be not special, like Ladd McConkey. Not special, right? But he's a good football player. And, and, and good coaches can find good football players and elevate them, a la Puka Nakua. Right? He's nothing special. Kukunaku is not special. Look at all of his measurables throughout the draft process last year. But he's a good football player. And I think I would rather have that and have top-tier talent on the offensive line. So I go Joe Alt. So I think um, what you can do, th- this conversation is going to be one that we have multiple times throughout. And the I have, mo- that was just my first reason i have reason number two that has nothing to do with anything i just said that's more situational to this offseason but that is my overall philosophy of the titans is man you gotta be able to take the kids to school and not worry about the sexy shiny new toy yeah i mean so this is a conversation that we're gonna have multiple times throughout this offseason because i think it's so subject to change based on what else is out there and This is part of the big uh, cycle that is the National Football League where free agency happens before the draft. And as we start to look at free agency for the Titans, I think wide receiver is going to be on their list of things that they at least look into. Uh, I know Titans fans are, hey, go get T. Higgins. Hey, maybe it's Tyler Boyd, right? What can you add as far as free agents are concerned? And how inclined are the Titans to pay free agent prices on particular positions when you know you are overpaying it is a known fact you overpay for free agents in football it's just what it is you have to be okay with that as a team if the titans go and sign t higgins this offseason for whatever reason if he's not franchise tagged by the Bengals, it changes what you do in the draft because your priorities now change You don't need to add a DB in the draft necessarily if you can sign a couple that have some long-term value in the draft. So it's all subject to change. Yeah. But I, perhaps I'm naive, am trying to kill two birds with one stone. You mentioned Brian Callahan and Brian Callahan's ability to find wide receivers, scheme up wide receivers, What about Brian Callahan's ability to scheme up protection? Something he talked about in his opening press conference. This is Brian Callahan. I'm going to play this twice because I think there's two parts of this. Number one, talking about scheming up protection as a coach and his overall philosophy and why it's not just about 
the left tackle. Protection's been a huge issue here in the last few years. Yeah. How confident are you in your ability to help identify players who can fix yeah. that? And how much schematically can you fix that? Um, there's a lot of things that go into protection. Um, some of it starts with as simple as uh, you got to go win. Uh, you got to win versus tight coverage. Um, protection is, a, is an everybody problem. Uh, the quarterback's got to get rid of the ball on time. Uh, they have to more work through progressions quickly. Um, so to say that it's a, it's a specifically the offensive line needs to fix the protection problem, I, I don't agree with that. Um, I think it's a, it's a holistic offensive issue uh, if you have protection problems. And there's a lot of ways you can uh, help weaknesses, um, highlight strengths, and everybody's involved in the process. Um, as far as profiles of offensive linemen and players, you know, obviously you're looking for, for those, the guys that are great at pass pro. Um, you're looking for guys that can anchor, guys that got great length. Um, you know, we'll talk about all the traits at a later date, but um, schematically you can help a ton. You can chip, you can bang edges. Um, backs got to be fantastic in pass protection. They got to know who to block and how to block them. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a holistic offensive issue. And so our job is to find a way to make sure everyone knows all the specifics of what we're trying to get done, and then they can technically go execute it. So there's a lot there. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's interesting that when asked about protection, Brian Callahan's first answer is, you got to win one-on-one and need to get the ball out quick. You know how you do that? Good wide receivers that get open in one-on-one. He says you have to win one-on-one, and that's everybody. Everybody. Everybody blocking and everybody in the route has to win one-on-one. Absolutely. I think, and then he talks about, right, you can chip, you can do things schematically to help the quarterback get the ball out quicker. Scott says, well, it, the, his schemes haven't protected Joe Burrow too well. And Joe Burrow has gotten hit some, but the Bengals' offense has also been good. Like, yes. like them taking sacks has not been detrimental to their offense because of what Brian Callahan and Zach Taylor have schemed up in terms of creating explosive offense uh, that allows them to overcome some negative plays and so they can afford to not take a penny Sewell in exchange for a jamar chase because they know that jamar chase is going to help get the ball out quicker of joe burrow's hands because he can get open faster and create the explosive offense that allows them to recover mm-hmm. where you look at an afc championship game against the titans in which they sacked joe burrow was it eight nine times they got back home to the quarterback and brought him down they lost the football game because Joe Burrow go, throwing to T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase was able to create offense. So that's point number one. Point two is the depth that I just talked about and, and what I believe you are able to get later in the draft, specifically at pick 39, that you absolutely cannot get in a wide receiver. So allow me allow me to introduce everybody to <laughs> University of Houston left tackle Patrick Paul. Okay. Look at those measurables on this man. Six I hold time out. I I hate the draft of how they do the heights. I oh, and yeah, how they do too. the hands and the arms and the wingspan. Just give us freaking foot and inch. I agree. Like, I don't like this the four digit thing is a, it drives me insane because it makes me have to think too hard. Yeah, I agree. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Six foot seven for those that need that translated for them. Thank you. Uh 333 pounds. Wingspan, 86, 6, 8 with 36-inch arms. That's what you're looking – over 36-inch arms. 
they look for offensive tackles to have somewhere in the range of like 33 to 36, where like 35 is viewed as very solid. He's over 35. He's over 36. And uh, let's go to the tape. Can Is he strong enough? Can he dominate actually during a game? Let, let's go to the tape here. <laughs> one more one more time for that in case you won't want one more time the guy has fire he is a boxer i was able to talk to him for a while one-on-one -on -one, uh during the senior bowl after senior bowl practice on media day he was talking to me about his boxing routine uh, that helps him with his footwork and his hand placement and his hand-eye coordination. So he has a tendency sometimes to play a little bit upright. He can needs to work on his hand placement and, and making sure that it doesn't allow him to get beat. But Titans Kyle, this is Bill Callahan coded right here. It, like if there was ever a time that Bill Callahan's able to help an, a left tackle that is 6'7", 333 with long arms, a brother who plays in the NFL and is a boxer and tremendous athlete. This is the guy right here, Patrick Paul. And as I showed on this little graphic, big board rank of 42. He's yeah. the offensive tackle 10, which means there is a very good chance he is available to the Titans at 39. And after all of this, again, I'm going to play the Brian Callahan clip, Austin, Listen to how he describes his ideal tackle. Protection's been a huge issue here in the last few years. Yeah. How confident are you in your ability to help identify players who can fix yeah. that? And how much schematically can you fix that? Um, there's a lot of things that go into protection. Um, some of it starts with as simple as uh, you got to go win. Uh, you got to win versus tight coverage. Um, protection is, a, is an everybody problem. Uh, the quarterback's got to get rid of the ball on time. Uh, they have to more work through progressions quickly. Um, so to say that it's a, it's a specifically the offensive line needs to fix the protection problem, I, I don't agree with that. Um, I think it's a, it's a holistic offensive issue uh, if you have protection problems. And there's a lot of ways you can uh, help weaknesses, um, highlight strengths, and everybody's involved in the process. Um, as far as profiles of offensive linemen and players, you know, obviously you're looking for, for those, the guys that are great at pass pro. Um, you're looking for guys that can anchor, guys that got great length. Um, you know, we'll talk about all the traits at a later date, but um, schematically you can help a ton. You can chip, you can bang edges. Um, back's got to be fantastic in pass protection. They got to know who to block and how to block. So a guy that has great length that can anchor a guy who's good in pass pro. Also a guy that just has experience. Patrick Paul started over 40 games. I think it was like 45 games at left tackle for Houston over four years. There is a lot here. And so I see a comment from Jacob that says it's a giant risk. Let's say he's taken. What do we do? And, and there is something to that, but I don't think you go into it being zeroed in on Patrick Paul as the only guy that we can take in the second round. Um, I just think Patrick Paul is a representation of that offensive line depth that I yeah. do. Yeah, because you're saying he's, he's offensive tackle 10. Right, yeah. and the Titans picked 38th overall in the second round, and his consensus big board and offensive tackles are not going before. <clears throat> yeah, but how many ball. people view Patrick Paul as a lot higher than 10? Consensus means everybody pulled together that brings up like their yeah. average. Right? I don't so think, I, 
all all it takes is all it takes is is and I think Sam froze or maybe I froze. I don't know who froze, but all it takes is one team to fall in love with Patrick Paul uh, in the late twenties and that wants to get this guy uh, in the late first round and the Titans are screwed out of it. Now I, I get you're saying he is not the only option uh, that he is just the greatest example of why there's a lot of better depth as offensive line than, uh, you know, it, than the wide receiver because wide receiver 10 is who like who's wide receiver. 10? Well, that, well that, let's get into that. Cause that's what I was looking at. Right. So uh, wide receiver 10 is going to be, Xavier Leggett from South Carolina, who is kind of Traylon Burks esque, uh, because because the the I think Xavier Leggett, yeah, yeah, like his his good, like if you are glass half full on Xavier Leggett, then he's like AJ Brown. If you're yeah half empty, then it's Traylon Burks. Yeah, I mean he was big, uh, but. I was not all that impressed with his ability to separate or his play strength. He also got hurt at some point during the uh, during the week, which I was like, oh, this is <laughs> like he ran a couple routes and the hamstring hurts all of a sudden. Uh, but like Devontae Walker did not have a good week. He couldn't nope. catch anything uh, like you mentioned, Lad McConkey, who I think can be a good player in the NFL. Uh, I just don't necessarily think is special you, you have uh, Kyle Phillips at home yeah I mean Roman Wilson is a a better version of that player who I think separates at a better rate but is still undersized and primarily going to be used as a slot and I think you have to get in a very good scheme so I I wasn't as impressed with those guys I went in Austin really wanting to look at these receivers and I wanted to be banging this drum of like Go get Joe Walton. Here's your second or third round receiver. There's some guys that I like. I like Jalen Polk. I like Adonai Mitchell. I don't know if either one of them is there for you in the second round. And so I think it might be the move. Maybe I'm also just way higher on these receivers than other yeah. people. But but I think Neighbors, I think Adunze, I think Marvin Harrison, I think it's three-star receivers. Oh. And if the Titans can get one, that's a huge because hey DeAndre Hopkins is not to be not going to be around forever. No, maybe one more year. That's about that might be it. So I have the scenario that I think is the toughest choice for the Tennessee Titans. And there's been a lot of really good comments that Sam and I have favorited uh throughout uh this show so far. So I'll get to what I think might be the coin flip choice between wide receiver and left tackle at seventh overall. But first, Farm Bureau Helplines, no coin flip. It, just do it. Just go to Farm Bureau Helplines, fbhp.com slash ATOZ, and get better health coverage for your situation. Maybe you're an independent contractor, you're self-employed, entrepreneur, and you're single, and you can't just jump on your spouse's plan like I do. Like Zach went to Farm Bureau Helplines, and they've helped him out for over two years, uh, made him have him pay less. And he's also not paying out of pocket anymore for dental and vision like he was previously. So he saved 20% a month on his health coverage and got a better plan for it. The best of both worlds because Farm Bureau Health Plans knows how to set you up with what you need regardless of what your situation is. Maybe uh, you have a growing family. Maybe you've got plans to have a growing family and they can set you guys up to have the best coverage because once you're in with Farm Bureau Health Plans, you're locked in for life in a great way, in a way that they are going to be there for you to make sure that you have what you need and to be a part of your family growth too. 
They've been serving Tennesseans for 76 plus years. They have 200 locations across the entire state. Super accessible, but you can get started at fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Today's show is powered by BetMGM. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports when you sign up with BetMGM. Get up to $1,500 back in the form of bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So if you have a pick for the big game, uh, you know, I think I'm going to be riding with the 49ers. That's kind of where my gut is, is leaning. I think Brock Purdy might be a Super Bowl champion this time next week. So if you are with me or maybe you're against me and you think the Kansas City Chiefs are taking it, do your betting with BetMGM. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports up to $1,500 back in your account in the form of a bonus bet. If your first bet doesn't win, two chances to win big. That's the best way to do sports betting. Uh, so get with BetMGM and BetMGM.com. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions are subject qualification. Other requirements. First online rule money with your only. Or issued not bonus bets. Bonus bets inspired seven days. And for problem games, report called Tennessee Redline 800-889-9789. So same if you could. People jump in and out. Like the show if you haven't yet, please. Uh, but go ahead and kind of reset the table on your senior bowl observations between the wide receivers and the offensive line and how you kind of went in thinking one way and you've changed where the Titans have a tough decision to make it seventh overall. Yeah, so I, to, to summarize, I went into the Senior Bowl expecting the Titans to be a, a lock to draft a left tackle at seven. And I, really, I was, I was intrigued at watching cornerbacks and wide receivers and saying, hey, which of these guys sticks out as a potential pick for the Titans in the second round? Uh, very quickly started to not be impressed by many of the receivers, a lot of them day two or day three receivers that were at the Senior Bowl, but growingly impressed with some of the offensive linemen. And I believe that this draft has more offensive line depth than wide receiver depth. And so it begs the question, are the Titans better off grabbing that stud wide receiver, Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze, whoever it is at seven, trusting the offensive line depth to fall to them at 38, you said, Austin, yeah. is the pick? Or should they just stick to the plan, If assuming it is the plan, right? right. Or, or make the easy, safe choice and go with Joe Alt or Olufishanu and take the tackle. Austin wants the offensive lineman at seven. I'm thinking of taking the big swing at one of the receivers and getting one of these depth tackles in the second round. So here is my, what I think is the toughest decision, depending on how the board falls. And we don't know how it's going to fall until the Titans are there sitting at seventh overall. And somebody from A to Z will, will be live during the NFL draft like we are every year. If the Titans are on the clock at seven and Joe Alt and Malik neighbors are both sitting there, I think that's the hardest decision. I think it's those two players make it tough. It's the best tackle on the board and the best receiver not named Marvin Harrison Jr. on the board. If there's anything different, if Alt's gone and it's Fashanu versus Neighbors, maybe it's Neighbors. If, if, if Neighbors is gone and Alt's still there and it's Alt versus Adunze, is it more leaning towards Alt? Does, do you, how do you feel about that being a really tough coin flip? Um, I think those players are probably I, I the think highest. So. I believe Joe Alt is here for me. Fashanu is below Alt. Yeah. Um, 
I would definitely prefer Joe Alt. That's just my opinion. I think if Alt is off the board, it's no question regardless. I think Neighbors and Adunze are a little bit more interchangeable for me. So I'm not sure which receiver is available shifts my opinion a ton. Uh, but I do believe which tackle is on the board. Like I think I think it's a difficult call if Joe Alt yeah. is there. If Joe Alt is not there, I think it's a slam dunk that you take a receiver, regardless of Fashanu's status. Right. Uh, so Andre with a super chat says, I really agree with Sam, but he's spot on. I, I, I hate slash love how people always have to like preface something. Like, I rarely agree with one of us. As a but- Titans fan. Yeah. All right. As a, as a whatever fan. Yeah, you don't have to do that. But uh, <laughs> elite wide receiver uh, with above average left tackle beats elite left tackle and above average wide receiver any day. I've been banging the table for neighbors. I mean, I, I think it, that like both are great. Like I, I think look at the Cincinnati Bengals this year because Kane says, why did Cincy choose a wide receiver over the O-line? Here's a big player in that decision that I think we have overlooked in today's conversation is that Jamar Chase won a national championship and caught like 20-something touchdown passes that, that last year in college with Joe Burrow. <laughs> and, and then Jamar Chase opted out of the COVID year, so he didn't play with uh, the post-Joe Burrow LSU team, and boom, there you go. So the fact that it was college teammates in those situations is a factor into that. It has to be because – if Jamar Chase did not play with Joe Burrow, does that decision from the Bengals change? Probably some. Maybe. I uh, that has to be a big factor in that. Like Joe Burrow won the Heisman Trophy and LSU blew out Clemson in the national title game and had a phenomenal season because those two guys were unstoppable together. And if you have an opportunity to bring them back and do it again, then you take advantage of, of that chemistry day one, because you're not starting over day one, because Will Levis doesn't have that with neighbors or with a Dunze or with anybody that yeah. does play a factor. In this. I think, I think it's more about though, like the Bengals were all about prioritizing their quarterback. They thought that pairing Burrow with his college wide receiver and a, a tremendous wide receiver prospect in Jamar chase was the best thing for Joe Burrow rather than grabbing one offensive lineman to potentially protect him. Um, And I think there is something to be said about the fact that one wide receiver changes your offense. One offensive tackle does not change your protection because as Brian Callahan brought up, it's a holistic team thing that not only requires five offensive linemen, requires a good blocking tight end and a running back who can step up and pass pro and a quarterback that can get the ball out quickly. So I think if you're looking at, Hey, how do we get an impact from one player and one pick drafting the wide receiver is how you change your offense. Giving Joe Burrow, Jamar chase is what is best for Joe Burrow. That's that was the Bengals approach to it. But is now, it I, best for Levis though? Cause Levis, Look, this is, I this mean, is the crazy thing. You look at Will Levis and say, this is a guy that we know likes to air the ball out. Traylon Burks has not been it. Uh, he can't stay on the field and hasn't been able to yes. catch the deep balls sure. and with the play strength you thought he would. 
Nick Westbrook-Akine and Chris Moore are all limited ceilings and they're whatever. And, and they might not be here. Something happened with some of those guys last year, and they might not even be here next year because yeah. they're both free agents. DeAndre Hopkins is good. He's a future Hall of Famer, but he's a future Hall of Famer that relies on contested catches more than he does separation, particularly deep down the field and on vertical routes. So maybe what the Titans determine is best for Will Levis is a wide receiver that is can win one-on-one, -on -one, get open quickly, and can be a guy that you ask yourself, how the heck is he that wide open? Because every other good quarterback in the league seems to have that guy. Will Levis doesn't have that guy right now. Right. Um, and, yeah, I think DeAndre Hopkins was one of the 10 least open receivers in the NFL this season. It's his game. It's what he's made a yeah. Hall of Fame career on doing. And it's tremendous. He's and a, there's a purpose for it. Uh, and He's it a pull-up jump shooter, right? Like, he's but, a pull-up jump shooter. He's going to hit tough shots with a, with a hand in his face. But that's, that's what he's really good at. You can't stop it. And it's, it's defeating from a defensive back standpoint. We are like, man, I was right there. I was all over this guy's hip, but he still makes this damn catch. And now it's a 30-yard gain. And it's first and 10 Titans at the 20. So, look, I, for me, I, I it's just kind of borderline arrogant to pass on somebody like Joe Alt. And, look, don't get me wrong. If the Titans end up with Malik Neighbors or Roma Dunze and – in the in the two-tone blue in the draft. I'm going to be excited about it because of, of what juice that brings to the fan base with a new head coach and all this. But I, I think a good question to ask Brian Callahan at some point this offseason pre-draft is about that. How much did Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, doing what they did in, in college two seasons before, go into drafting Chase over Penesul? And seems like Brian Callahan's a pretty open guy. And we'll answer questions pretty transparently. Maybe he gives somebody a little bit of an of a insight into that because somebody said, Austin, you can't assume that. And you're right. You can't assume that. But you can connect those dots. And those dots are not that far apart. Like they're pretty close together. Here's what I will say about the Titans draft. Um, we can have this conversation all we want about maybe you take the wide receiver because the offensive tackle that you want is there at 38 we can have that conversation in reverse and say, take the tackle and look at those day two wide receivers. I can tell you what the Titans aren't going to do. And it's dictate their first pick based off of what they may or may not be able to get in the second round. They are going to pick the best player available on their board, regardless about what the depth in this draft class is that I know for sure. Yeah. So uh, I, I think you can have your rooting interest as a fan because of, uh, like I wouldn't be surprised if they, they will go offensive tackle at seven and then go back to offensive line in the second round. And we're having another, that. like yeah. we're having another, why the heck aren't you taking a wide receiver conversation? And we'd be right to have that conversation, but they're also just going to go down the board. Here's where and I mentioned at the top of the show, when I said my number one reason to take offensive linemen and, and left tackle at seven is because you have to be able to take the kids to school and you have too many kids to drive the two seater Lambo it to them to go to school, right? They kids might think it's great. Kids All the friends might get jealous, and they're gonna get popular. They're gonna be popular. yeah. I, but and I and I said the minivan. Joe Alt's on a minivan. Joe Alt is like the Hyundai Palisade. It's the sick big SUV, the luxury SUV that you can take and you can fit everybody in there. Uh, because not all the kids' friends can't ride in the Lambo, but they can ride in the Palisade to and from soccer practice. But if you look at the free agents 
that's where I feel like I would rather free agent duct tape receiver than I would free agent duct tape offensive hmm. line. And and I'll, maybe I can just leave it at that, and we can talk about that at a later date. Yeah, too. it's an interesting question because, I mean, receivers are historically the most overpaid position in free agency. Offensive line, is, but is even crazier. So maybe we, I'll just drop that there and we can talk about that maybe Wednesday or, or later in the week uh, there too. So, um, all right. So Sam, I want to get to your other senior bowl observations. I want to learn who your se- uh, senior bowl draft crush is and maybe what that can mean for the Tennessee Titans. But first tell us all about uh, the bone and joint Institute. The bone and joint Institute are the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Don't fumble on your recovery. Go to the Bone and Joint Institute uh, with a state-of-the-art rehab facility and good, reliable doctors to get the care and treatment that you need. They're located out in Franklin. As James Foster and I were driving out to uh, the kind of sunny, surprisingly sunny, Mobile, Alabama last week, we drove right by the Bone and Joint Institute. And I said, "Mm, that's a spot I can go to get some good care if I ever need an appointment. Schedule an appointment with them at boneandjointtn.org. Their facility has everything all under one roof so that you're not driving all over Middle Tennessee to get to your different appointments. Rehab, clinic, image, surgery, testing, it's all there in Franklin. Again, go online, visit the website, schedule your appointment at boneandjointtn.org. And with BetMGM, you can always win big with our bonus code ATOZ Sports for the best first bet offer on the market. That's up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses, but you get the big game coming up in less than a week. And you can win big, but not have to go as big with your own money. And that's with our code ATOZ200. That's ATOZ200 when you download the BetMGM app and sign up with that bonus code. And all you have to do, a $5 money line wager on the big game instantly wins you $158 in bonus bets. That's instantly, regardless of that money line wagers outcome. So five bucks on the money line, either side of the big game, $158 in bonus bets instantly with the King of Sportsbooks. That's with our bonus code ATOZ200. So Sam, you were down there at the uh, Senior Bowl uh, in Mobile, Alabama. I've got several questions for you, maybe a little rapid fire question, but first uh, who was your uh, senior bowl draft crush as you were driving back for what, six and a half hours on Friday, who could you not stop thinking about? Yeah. There's one guy that I found myself watching maybe more often than I should have during practice, because as we'll get into here, Austin, I don't believe he will be available for the Tennessee Titans to pick in the second round. I actually was hearing a, a little bit of buzz around the league that this guy's going in the first round, even if, the big boards might not have him in the first round. He's going to find his way. And uh, it's Tavondre Sweat, the University of Texas defensive tackle. Here's a video, and then we'll talk about it. This guy standing there, Austin, just standing at the line, covers two gaps, Co- <laughs> covers two gaps, just stand there. He is bigger than he looks on video. Like, 
legitimately felt like there were two defensive tackles inside of him while he is at the line. It is not fair for him to go up one-on-one against a center. You almost guaranteed have to double team this guy because he might have a hundred pounds on your center. He didn't weigh in at the senior bowl. He said 360, some think 380, but he didn't weigh in. We don't know what he weighs in. I don't really care what he weighs in. You saw him running. He moves so well for a big man. He has a high motor. He's a plus athlete. He's got this swagger and like moxie to him too, where he just, he knows how good he is uh, and how dominant he can be. I was like, yeah, that bull rush, I'm talking to him. He goes, I don't even go to the bull rush all that often. It's just not fair. I like to try and like get, get into my other arsenal. I, like, I, I want to challenge myself. Yeah, he <laughs> literally said those words. He's like, I like more of a challenge than just bull rushing a guy. I was standing there with Teron Davenport. We're like, hey, big dog, whatever works, you got to do at the next level. Yeah. <laughs> Find penetration and just do that. The thought of him being on a Titans defensive line with Jeffrey Simmons at the same time was just so fun for me that I found myself watching him over and over and over again. I think whoever gets him is going to be an absolute stud. Uh, MB says he's a two down player. Maybe uh, I think he, he said, he said uh, one of the things I'm looking to prove throughout the pre-draft process is that I can pass rush. I get people asking me all the time. Oh, can a big boy pass rush? Look at the tape. You tell me, uh, I, I think he can do it all. I think he can be really, really good uh, at the NFL level. And even just even if he is a two-down player, he's an absolute game wrecker on first and second down. So Tavondre Sweat was my draft crush. I don't think he ends up being a Titan. I don't think there's any way he escapes the first round. But that was my guy throughout the week. I, I just – I guess the, the three-down player is like, can that guy's – oxygen last more than two consecutive snaps that that is kind of what i feel like too. if you watch his tape he's got stamina like the guy can chase down a run play on the other side of the field jeff says he's not past rushing he's past walking he's gonna run a sub 540 at the combine just letting you know at 360 pounds like he can move. yeah but what's his first 10 split <laughs> <laughs> like i'm just i'm letting you know that like, all of some of these measurables that are freaky about this guy is that he's scary fast and moves scary well for a guy that big. Yeah. Uh, I also, when I saw that clip that you took of him just bull rushing, whoever that center was, I, I watched it's an it. All once. SEC center. Out of it, it, yeah. It's an Arkansas center. Who's really good. And I was like, I, I, that hurt me like that physically hurt my back. It physically hurt both of my knees and I didn't watch it again. Like I, it makes me cringe because I feel empathy I feel the pain of that all SEC center just getting bent backwards uh, by sweat. Yeah, those centers were I, like it was just not fun for them. The no, it's time. bad and business. This guy, like, it's bad like, business for that guy because same scouts are watching him too. No, it, well, and he had a couple reps where he kind of does some of that same like jump back sort of like rep. Did it really well. Stayed low. And I'm watching it, and I, was, I leaned over to uh, to Nick Suss, who was next to me, watching some of the O-line, D-line reps, and I just see, see, he can do it there because he doesn't have Tavondre Sweat pushing him over. You you do it against Tavondre Sweat, you get folded like a long chair and end up having to go to the, the joint chiropractic or I mean, uh, the it looked like, joint institute. 
Yeah, right. It looked like sweat was Bill's mafia jumping off of a snow pile, and the center was the folding table. That's exactly what that was. No, Uh, absolutely. So that's your uh, draft crush uh, with sweat. I know there's been a lot of there's a cornerback that raised some eyebrows there. Yep. Um, and we'll Quinnia talk more Mitchell, about that. Uh, Quinnia Mitchell's so good. Uh, and I hate it because he's also going in the first round. And he's somebody else who I, I was just so impressed with. His hips are so fluid. Flips his hips really well. Good vertical speed. You're not going to beat him over the top on a vertical breaking route. Maybe sometimes you can snap something inside especially in like a one-on-one and you can beat him. But I was looking for a Titans D that keeps getting beat on explosive pass plays. And then I'm, I'm watching Quinion Mitchell in one-on-ones uh, going against receivers. He's longer and faster than all of them. And, and he's just able to, to lock him up. So it, he was another guy. I'm like, Oh, please something happened and let him go to 38 overall. Like that'd be great. I don't see it happening though. All right, so rapid-fire questions for Sam while at the Senior Bowl. Uh, how how would you describe Mobile, Alabama, the city, in one sentence? In one, so I'll give you a time to think about it. New how Orleans would you describe without the people. New Orleans without the people? Yeah, it's very New Orleans and, like, Charleston vibes, but smaller than both. It's like if New Orleans was a ghost town. There's nobody there. And yet, not all this. Seriously, we've got like Veets is one of the popular bars that people go to. So you got people at the hotel, at Veets, and at like the local burger spot. And then if you're on the street, it looks like New Orleans. And there's, it's just nobody. There's nobody. Yeah. Orlando. I'm from Mobile. That's the perfect explanation. They're coming from Orlando. It it was just, I was kind of like, dang, this place rocks. This is like, that Charleston I love cool. Charleston. Yeah. I lo- and I love New Orleans. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is both of those places. I'm just like, where's where's the stuff? <laughs> like, Where's the stuff happening? All right. So uh, another rapid fire question. Who is an NFL name that you can now name drop on so- about somebody that you interacted with, networked with, uh, that, that other people would find cool? Just give us one. Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. So you got that. I'm not sure I consider it networked, but like we're in the same conversations and stuff. It was just casual conversations with Mike Tomlin on the field. We're in the same scouting bubble here. So, I mean, (laughs) that was the funny thing that, you know, James Foster cut up a clip of me, Mike Tomlin and Matt Eberflus side by side, watching the offensive lineman. And I was kind of like, Hey, that's pretty cool that like, I'm, I'm standing next to, Mike Tomlin watching tape or whatever, trying to, so yeah, Pretty not good. trying to distract anybody, trying to be a fly on the wall, but you know, sometimes you look over, like, I mean, I'm standing in the end zone and I'm realizing, wow, that is Jerry Rice right there next to me. <laughs> That's a bit wild. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't usually get like that, but there are some guys there that, uh, yeah, Jerry Rice will do that to you. For yeah. Sure. There, there was a few, like, I, I'm, I'm not really like that at all with, with, players and athletes in general i very rarely have like a whoa kind of moment but like walking and then like looking up and realizing that it was jerry rice here and to over there was kind of like a hold on what whoa let me get my bearings about me here something's going on so yeah uh here's an important question from the chat do you want to disclose your uh your secrets here charisma (laughs) and uh 
critical thinking skills and charisma. There you go. Uh, did you guys eat everything that you purchased at Kroger or wherever you shopped? So uh, on the E to Z dot. Maybe this is a poor admission because I think it works against my point, which we'll get into. I I was like the only one that ate all of it, but like <laughs> I but like I ate all of it. <laughs> but you I ate- I, I think part of that was just like other guys were trying to experience mobile a little bit and they were like oh well i'm gonna go out here i'm gonna go out here i'm gonna go get oysters or i'm gonna go go to barbecue and i was kind of like i'm gonna i'm gonna make the brat that i have in the fridge right now and i'm gonna do that eat all this meat cheese and bread that i bought because austin gave me two (laughs) hundred dollars exactly i mean (laughs) hey i haven't watched the clip of you making fun of me on the morning show last week but it was it, it was absolutely unwarranted. Absolutely, it was funny. It was hilarious. Absolutely terrible. Two hundred dollars. I think I'm feeding six guys for five days, trying to come up with like a budget for all of us and what we can all eat. I have to go number one protein. How do I get protein? So I maximize m- the meat that will be filling. And will be easy to cook. I'm not trying to get like these fancy meats that are going to take forever. No, for we sure. Have long days that needed quick meals. And yep. so I said, I can get sausage. I can get burgers. I can throw them on a skillet. In my defense, I was the cook for the entire week. I We got back from practice. Everybody goes to writing. I made everybody lunch every day. I said, does anybody need a burger or a brat? I'm going to fire up a bunch of food. Or I'm going to make grilled chicken sandwiches. Does anybody want one? I was looking for things that were quick and easy. That's fine. Vegetables and fruits are expensive in today's economy, in today's America, Austin. Well, so yeah, I'm not burning my budget on on vegetables and fruits when I need to make sure the dogs are fed and we, we get our protein in us. All right. Major key says 200 bucks ain't nothing. Look, and I, I, I wasn't trying to $200 was the right amount for what you guys needed. It was breakfast to have something there to have something around, but I so knew we you went guys every egg. We went yeah. heavy bread. We went heavy meat. Hey, I, is, my, hey, my, I, I, I was just good. expecting I was expecting, all right, you guys are going to be up early, starting quick. So I was expecting to get things that you can eat for breakfast and just grab them out of the fridge or grab them off the counter and go, like an apple, a a banana. I bought 60 eggs, and it was just a mass scramble every Just scrambled like 18 eggs at a time. (laughs) Correct. Or I I was frying eggs. That was the other thing I was doing. I was making big plates of like a bunch of fried eggs, and I was just like, yo, fried eggs. That does sound great. That does sound great. So look, look, I think $200 was the right amount of groceries for what your guys' days were going to be. I was just expecting more diversity and quick and go stuff, not like prepare. But hey, props to you but for I'm being a, the house like, chef. I don't, yeah, I don't enjoy, uh, I, whatever. I, I don't like stuff that's like pre-made. Like I need to be able to cook it myself. No, so, I'm with you on that. So, okay. Yeah, you would get that. But hey. I tried my best. I was chefing. I was I was doing what I could. There you go. All right. So uh, those are my rapid fire questions for Sam. You'll have tightened it too uh, a little bit later on uh, today for more Senior Bowl reaction uh, as well. What's up? Well, it came as super chat. We didn't oh, get to yeah. that. He threw into the mix talking about Brian Callahan. 
saying he leans towards someone who scores points, uh, probably referring to the that first round draft pick conversation. Um, this is going to be the topic, I think, like a, a constant topic up until draft day, Austin. This is going to be um, something to to think about it is what is Brian Callahan's philosophy? Where does he have a Joe Alt versus a Malik neighbors on his big board? And, you know, what do the Titans value most right now for Will Levis? Like, you're not drafting for one player, but I do think you're kind of drafting for one player or or at least how you can maximize one player. And does the left tackle or the stud wide receiver, you know, put them in that spot? And what does their free agent class do to impact that? Those are the topics that we'll continue discussing here on A to Z Sports throughout the next few months. There you go. All right, so more of that Titans at 2 later on today. Sam, it is now time for the Monday Age game. First, quick shout-out to Wilson County Hyundai. Make them a part of your new car buying process. WilsonCountyHyundai.com is their website. You can go see them in Lebanon. Save some money in that next ride. Say hey to Payne Bone while you're out there. He runs the show at Wilson County Hyundai with his great team at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. So, Sam, I need you to hide the chat so you cannot see the answers coming in here. And look, this is my first time uh, being the age game master. This is did it for me one time. Did I? Maybe it's my second time. My first time was not memorable. um, If you want to go that direction. So for the age game, I just went to the day's birthdays. So no Googling, no Googling, no Googling. First correct answer wins the prize. Remind Happy me what birth- this is again. It's one person, and I tell you the age of that person. You have to guess their age, and there's no, you know, plus or minus a year or two years. You have to get okay. dead on. No Ugh. Googling. And I, the first chat correct that I see is today's champagne, as Zach Bingham says. Happy birthday today. How old? Is soccer superstar Cristiano Ronaldo today? Ooh. How old is soccer superstar one. Cristiano Ronaldo today? So, Sam, you cannot see the chat. You're not supposed Correct. to. So, I cannot see the chat. I will get your answer first, and then I will go to the chat to see who corrected, who correctly answered the fastest. He's been around for a minute. Mm-hmm. Like he's in the GOAT conversation. So I, I would have to think minimum 10-year career for Ronaldo at this point. And he started young. That's how they do it in soccer. But I, I would say he is on – we're north of 30. But I think he might be sneaky young. I'm going to say today. So today's his birthday. Today is his birthday. February 5th. Cristiano Ronaldo turns 31 today. 31 is your answer. That's going to be my guess. How old is Cristiano Ronaldo today? Mikey, the first answer. Fast fingers on Facebook with a 27. That is incorrect. Nick with a 34. That is incorrect. Uh, 48 from Ashley. Nope, that's Lower. incorrect. <laughs> Jake Hughes with a 41. Nick B on YouTube with a 41. You said what, Sam? 31? 31. This might be the fastest correct answer 
that I can remember because it is one, two, three, four, five, six. The sixth fastest answer nailed it. Orlando Jones, wow. Cristiano Ronaldo, happy 39th birthday to Cristiano Ronaldo. Orlando, boom, dude, that was so fast. Like, there is no threat of Google. 39. Wow. Yeah, you said 10-year career minimum. Dude's been around for about 20 playing professionally. 20 just feels long for him. Like I would have pinned him as like a 2010 playing professional soccer kind of guy. Cristiano Ronaldo. Let's see what his years active uh, in uh, soccer are. He went pro, if I can pull up the website fast enough. Let's see here. When did he make like a one of the like the EPL or something like that? Or I guess he was in La Liga for a bit, but well, uh, I believe his Portugal debut, his international debut was in 2000. Oh, that was under never mind, that was under 715. His national team debut for Portugal was 2003. No, oh, yeah. See, I would have, I would have thought way later than that. I would have thought about seven Man years U later in, that, which is yeah, Man U at two thousand three. He played a couple years with Sporting CP's A team in 02 and 03. But Cristiano Ronaldo is thirty nine years old. So Orlando, big shout out for Orlando who gets the forty percent off all of our merch. Shop Yeah. So hang on though, because Andrew says he, so Madrid in 2014 was when he was playing in La Liga. So I don't feel like I'm that far off because I don't, I don't pay attention to the, the Portugal national team. I pay like, I, I know Ronaldo from his time he with played for Manchester United in 2003. All right. Well, that's bad. That doesn't help. <laughs> that's insane. But I, I don't know. I think of him as being on Madrid. So, you know. Yeah, he was with Man U from 03 to 2009. And then he was with Madrid from 09 to 2018. No, I'm taking that as a win, though, because in my head I said 2010 Madrid is Ronaldo. Yeah, but you and said he was, was like dead on. eight years off. Sure. You were, I thought that, he was like more of a young buck when he started with Madrid. I didn't no, realize. No, see, he here's you were almost U. exactly 25% off. I'm not saying I was close. I'm saying I'm happy that I pinned the team that he was on the year that he was on. That's a win for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, no, it's a loss for you. Orlando gets a big win. So shout out to Orlando, 39 years old for Cristiano Ronaldo. So happy birthday uh, to him. Uh, Sam, you'll be live for Titans at 2 later on today and Buck Rising live tonight for A to Z Sports Primetime talking more Titans. But don't forget to hit that like button on your way out. Way more people are watching than I hit the like button. I don't understand it. When I like shows, when I watch shows that I that I like, I hit the like button because it's a good thing to do. It's nice to do. It's like paying it forward uh, at the coffee window. So hit that like button for us, please, and we'll catch you guys tomorrow on a Tuesday. Appreciate it as always.